Father, we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our high priest that is passed into the heavens and that he receives our tithes and our offerings and he blesses us. And tonight, as a minister of the gospel, I speak over the people increase. I declare become greater, become stronger, become advanced, and move forward. We declare that your seed shall be multiplied manyfold in every good thing. And we declare tonight that we're becoming stronger. Say with me, I'm becoming stronger. I'm becoming more wise. And I'm moving forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. It's happening to me right now. It's happening to me in these days. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shouted amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let us give Brother Keith Moore a great Northern California welcome as he comes to minister the word tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Moore. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. It is a joy to be with you tonight. You know, uh, this meeting, this gathering will never happen again. This is unique. This group of people at this place, at this time, and I'm confident that things happen in these services that we will remember past this life. We'll talk to each other past this life. And go, yeah, I I was in that service. You remember that service? Yeah. (laughs) And what will have happened is the seed, the incorruptible seed of the Word of God got in you. And it began to develop and produce. And and it will continue to do so eon after eon. His Word is is not finite. It is not limited. It's incorruptible. Oh, somebody say, Lord, I thank you for your holy word. I believe I receive it. Be it unto me according to thy word. Hallelujah. Father, we set ourselves in agreement asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, asking for ears that hear, eyes that see, a heart and a mind that can discern and understand. Lord, unfold, reveal, uncover to us exactly what you would say to us right now. And we purpose not to disrespect it, but to esteem it and to receive it and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. That's the only people that get results. Not just church goers, not just DVD watchers, only those who do what he said to do. You can be seated. If you uh, brought a Bible with you this evening, turn back in the uh, Old Testament to the book of Zechariah. If you're not sure where that is, um, just start in Matthew. And start backing up. 
Just go to Matthew, back up, won't be long, you'll, you'll be there. Right there in Zechariah. <clears throat> I want to give praise to the Lord tonight. He healed me today. Hallelujah. I, uh, we, we flew in last night, and we ate something before we went to the room, and I guess I got something bad. And man, for the next 12, 12 hours, I could barely throw a foot off the bed. But this afternoon, about 3 o'clock, the Lord quickened me. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful you got a healer? Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I have a healer. And, of course, it reminded me to be better led next time I pick something up. That's right. I immediately begin to say, if I eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. <laughs> and the Lord had mercy on us and helped us. I want to give him glory because I'm sure I wouldn't be ministering to you tonight if he hadn't quickened me. <laughs> and uh, the, the direction that I have on my heart is different. I think, I don't know that I've ever done this direction just this way. So we just got through praying. You're believing with me, right? Uh, we take these these services anytime I'm anywhere ministering for the Lord. I take it very, very seriously that it's not just to do something or something that we've done before. We must hear from Him, and when you hear from Him, it's a life-changing word every time. You believe that? In Zechariah 10, <coughs> I um I normally don't make a whole lot of references to. Brother Hagen, unless there's a reason for, for me to. But I know a lot of you know uh, Brother Hagen Sr. and Miss Aretha who are in heaven now. And they've ministered uh, in this church numerous times. And the Lord reminded me of some things today concerning what he taught us through him about some of these things. And see if uh, this verse sounds familiar to you if you were in any of... Uh, <coughs> his uh, meetings or prayer meetings. Zechariah 10.1 Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. Hallelujah. Now notice what the verse began with. <clears throat> What's the first word? Ask. This is talking about prayer. And uh, I know decades ago, um, Brother Hagen led prayer meetings there on the campus of Rainbow Bible Training Center before uh, there was a church there. He did the Wednesday night prayer. And he got it in his heart to ask the Lord, and we'd do this every time we'd come, uh, Ask the Lord for rain. Uh, go straight over to James, if you would, and let's look at the other verse that he would, he would use. Book of James and the fifth chapter. <clears throat> James chapter 5 and verse 7. He said, be patient, 
Therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> and if we skip on down to verse 17, same chapter here, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly. What did he pray? Earnestly. earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And heaven gave rain. And earth brought forth her fruit. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so... Um, and it may be important to us later on. Verse 19, let me just keep reading it. If any of you do err from the truth, and one can convert him, let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That, that flows together with this. So he's talking about praying and reigning. And that's, uh, if I had a title, I believe I'd call it that, Rain from Heaven. Rain from Heaven. And uh, the first word there was ask. Ask of the Lord. Rain. And he talks about two distinct seasons of rain. The early rain, and that would uh, get you set up for planting. And then the latter rain, that would help finish the crop, crop off at the end of the year, right before you harvested it. And you need that. Got to have it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, rain is the blessing of the Lord. But you understand he's not just talking about natural rain. He's talking about spiritual rain. But the reason he uses the terminology is because it is the way rain manifests, the way rain falls, what rain does in the natural is exactly how the rain of the Spirit does. It falls. It can be as light as a very light dew. It can be like a heavy dew. It can be like a sprinkle. It can be like a steady rain. And it can be like a downpour. A deluge. Hallelujah. And it is just as real, if not more so. The natural rain falling out of the atmosphere onto the earth. Remember the Lord said that just like the rain uh, falls down out of the sky and doesn't return until it causes the seed to do. He said, my ways are like that, higher than your ways. And his word will not return void, but it will accomplish and prosper what he sent him to do. Just like the rain coming down, watering the seed causing the seed to sprout roots down and push up branches upward and then more rain coming at the right time and causing the fruit to develop. First the grain, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And it's harvest time. Harvest time. Now, I know that a lot of areas here in the West need rain. 
And it was not my purpose to just talk about this, but we're on it, I believe, anyhow. And there's so many things involved with this, but there are some truths that are so big and all-encompassing. So you said you're believing with me, right? You, Huh? You sure? So if your neighbor gets to dozing off, you know, might tap them a little bit and say, hey, you sure you can't afford to miss this? <laughs> Thanks be to God. Look in James again. Let's look at it again. Verse 7. <clears throat> Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. The... Um, <clears throat> Much of people's concept of God is just not right. It's just skewed. It's men's ideas that have been put down in books to form religion. So much of what has been said and taught and believed about God is just wrong. It's just incorrect. And if you want to begin to really start getting a handle on who and what God is more than you have before. Look up in the night sky. That's God. He created the heavens and the earth. By His power, the Bible says, all things are upheld by the word of His power. Those who study these things, they study the, the smallest building blocks, the small atoms, and, and <coughs> people can trace things because of our technology, but they cannot explain to you what holds them together. They can't. What holds the planets together? Why do they stay in their orbits? This is the power of God. And he has designed the earth and seeded it with us. And he wants a harvest from the earth. That already means more to you, doesn't it? Can you see that? People gaze off into the night sky, wonder if there's life out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always has been. <coughs> God. Angels are not tearing. They don't come from him. Yes. Um, the reality of God actually has more in common with a science show than some books that are written about God. Because <laughs> that's real. How I many know it's real? It's real. But God desires a harvest, a family. He's getting a crop of human beings from planet Earth. Hallelujah. And he has long patience for it until the manifestations of his spirit 
water the seed, and then bring it to fulfillment again at the right time, the latter rain. And there's coming a time, Revelation said, when the angel's going to put in the sickle. And the earth is going to be reaped. My, my. And not all of it is going to be that that he can keep. There's going to be the chaff. Is that right? And there's going to be the wheat. And it's not that he ordained that they couldn't be his. I, you know, you hear sometimes people say so, so disrespectfully, how can a God who is love send somebody to an eternal hell? I just can't believe in a God like that, they say. I asked the Lord about that some years ago. How do you, how do you answer that? What, what do you say? Just as clear in my, in my heart, not an audible voice, but he spoke inside me. He said, son, it's not my choice. <laughs> That's a simple phrase. But is it true or not? Many people don't believe that. And you got much of the church, like we were saying. They believe and preach all kinds of stuff about God that's just not true. And they're adamant about God is in control of everything. That's not what the Bible teaches. He said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Then what did he say? If it's our choice, how is it his fault if we chose poorly? We are beings created in his class. Adam's called the son of God. And then those born again through Jesus, we have his divine nature inside us. Hallelujah. We are his. And he's coming back for a harvest. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's going to bring with him those that have already gone. And we which are alive and remain will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) This mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruptible is going to put on incorruptibility. Then it will be brought to the pass that saying, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? (laughs) When we bury the bodies of our dead, we ought to be sassy out by the graveside. I'm serious. We should be able to stand by the graveside and go, this is not the end. This is not the end. They're not even here. And before long, the Lord's going to come and he's going to come pick up this body and change it forever. Hallelujah. Grave, you don't have any victory. You're not winning a thing. (laughs) But uh, the Lord has long patience. Now, when you talk about the Lord... And long patience, because <laughs> just his regular patience is way out beyond what you and I have experienced. <laughs> and I know that you can get weary in this life, 
And you want to say, Lord Jesus, come, come, come now. Come before the end of the day. I owe money. <laughs> but, uh, but that's not <coughs> thinking about other people. That's only thinking about us who are already saved. The Bible said the Lord has long patience, not willing that any should perish. And every day that the Lord tears his coming, many are being saved. Many are coming in. So we don't need to try to push this and rush this. He'll, he'll return exactly when is the right time. But he has long patience. Somebody say long patience. For the fruit, just like a farmer, waiting for the crop. And the crop is us. And like all tender plants, we need rain. Huh? Oh, there are a few things a plant likes better than rain. Oh, have you ever seen it? A plant that had gotten dry and the rain fall on it. And maybe a flower or whatever, tree glistening on the petals. And man, it'll just open up. It'll, is that right? <coughs> it just, it feeds it like nothing else can. And just like the Lord sends his natural rain on the earth, he sends his spiritual rain on us. You've experienced it. But we haven't experienced the fullness of what he can do. <laughs> That's for sure. But you, you can sense it. There's some falling right now. Some falling right now. Just, just real light. Real light. If we could see it in the spirit, we'd see light, shafts of light coming out of me and coming out of you. <clears throat> you are a child of the light. Is that true? Yeah. God is light. You're his child. You're born of him. You are a being of light. One of these days, you're not going to be limited, restricted to this human form or its weaknesses. And when a body is changed, it'll be able to keep up with your spirit. <laughs> we don't even know what that is, but it's going to be something. It's going to be... So amazing. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more dying. The former things have passed away. In the world to come where we're going to be, there won't, we won't need any hospitals. We won't need any mental institutions. We won't need any jails. won't need any cemeteries or any funeral homes. That's only happening right now. And if we can make it through this, we got it made. Because <laughs> past this, I mean, the wrappers come off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm saying? This is a little bit different direction tonight. <clears throat> Notice with me in... Matthew, the 26th chapter. Verse 
Let me remind you what it said concerning Elijah. He prayed, what was that word? Earnestly. That it might not rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed. And we know if you look at the account, man, he got down, put his head on his knees, and, and he, uh, he prayed longer than a two-minute prayer. <laughs> Didn't he? <coughs> and uh, in uh, Matthew, I want you to just notice a couple of these. To confirm what we're talking about, Matthew 26, 36, Jesus uh, came with them to the place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit, he, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. He took him, Peter, and two sons of Zebedee, began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. And <clears throat> he prayed, and then he said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou wilt. And verse 40, he came to the disciples and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Well, hasn't he already prayed this? And he came and found them asleep again. Their eyes were heavy. Verse 44, he left and went away again and prayed the third time. Saying the same words. How many believe he did it right? Hmm? Did Jesus pray correctly about this? Well, you know he did. Why was it necessary to pray an extended period? And why pray the same thing? Three times. I want you to notice what he's praying about. The will of God. That was worth you combing your hair and coming out right, <coughs> right there tonight. What was he praying about? Skip over to Luke 6 chapter. Luke chapter 6. Verse 12. Luke 6, 12 says, It came to pass in those days, he, Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray. And continued what? All night. In prayer to God. Why did he do that? Hmm? Why was it, was it necessary to pray all night about this? Must have been. He's not doing anything unnecessary. He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear him say. I do always throw those things that please him. So we, we can be sure. Jesus is not wasting time. No. He's not doing this in some kind of an inefficient way. No. Well, if Jesus needed to pray sometimes all night long, what about us? Yeah. <coughs> I said, what about us? Yeah. The servant's not above his master. Is that right? If he needed to do this, I need to do this. Come on, say it out loud. If Jesus needed to do this, then I need to do this. The servant's not above his master. I mean, he did it the right way. But I want you to notice again what he was praying about. The very next verse. 
And when it was day, after he's prayed all night long, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Apparently, that's what he's praying about. <clears throat> Maybe some other things too, but definitely he was praying about that. Is this important? These men's names are in the foundations of heaven. Right? This, he did not pick them randomly or hastily. How did he pick them? He had it in his heart that he's supposed to select of these to be the twelve. And he prayed all night long. I said he prayed all night long. And then in the morning when it was light, he knew exactly who. And selected them, those twelve, who will forever be the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Hallelujah. <coughs> With the exception of Judas. <coughs> Uh, is there, are there times when we need to pray more than two minutes? Huh? <laughs> now the reason I say this is because we're faith people. Is that right? Y'all going to help me out with this over here? Are we faith people or are we faith people? We're faith people and faith people specialize in the prayer of faith. <laughs> Mark 11, 24. <coughs> Highlighted. Stars by it. Underlined. And that's all right. That's good. What things soever you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them. And you shall have them. That is the prayer of faith. And that doesn't take all night. <laughs> Does it when you pray? Whatever it is you're desired, believe you receive it. Right? And you shall have it. How long does that take? Well, let me give you an example. It is the prayer of faith whereby an individual is born again. They believe in their heart. Right? Yes. Receive Jesus, yes, confess Him as Lord. How long does that take? It's one of the greatest miracles that you've ever received, and I've ever received. But I think a lot of folks have learned this, and they try to apply this to every situation. And no matter what happens, you just pray. The 45-second prayer of faith. <coughs> it's quiet. <laughs> Did Jesus always do that? No. 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 There are times he prayed an extended period. And there are times he prayed all night long. But again, what did it have to do with? The will of God. Somebody say the will of God. The will of God. The will of God. Go to Colossians 4, please. 
You believing with me? There are answers here tonight. There are real answers here tonight. Colossians 4.12. He said, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Always is all the time. Laboring endeavors some exertion. We saw it said about uh, Elijah earnestly. Why didn't he just pray the two-minute prayer of faith? <laughs> Lord, help that bunch over there. <laughs> we believe we receive Help and grace for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. (laughs) Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Read the rest of the verse. To what end? What's he praying about? That you may stand... Perfect and complete in what? In all the will of God. That's why it wasn't a two-minute prayer. Because it has to do with the will of God for their lives, for that church. Ephesians 6, when Brother Hagin would teach on prayer... He would refer to this verse oftentimes. Ephesians 6.18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And as he would bring out oftentimes, some translations say, with all kinds of prayer. So there's more than one kind of prayer. And the Lord did teach him personally about the prayer of faith. And it brought him off of what would have been his deathbed as a teenager. But the Lord used him to teach us about other kinds of praying. Didn't he? That's not the only kind of prayer we were taught. All prayer and supplication in the Spirit... And watching thereunto with all perseverance. Why would you need to pray longer than two minutes about something? In, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Do you, do you mind if I give you some scriptures? <coughs> We've got to lay a solid foundation here. So you, so you don't just think it's my idea. James 4 and 2. James 4 and 2. He says, you lust or you desire and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not. Why? You have not because you ask not. Our verse started off by talking about ask of the Lord rain. We're supposed to ask. It gives him a legal right to do things in the earth when we ask in faith. But keep reading. That's not the end of it. You ask and receive not 
Because you ask amiss. Can you ask amiss? Obviously you can. You're asking, but you're asking the wrong direction. You're off target. You're asking for something. So it's not as simple as you have not because you ask not. You have to include this too. The asking needs to be on target. And, And if you abide in me, he said, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But when it gets into a difference between your will and his, isn't that what Jesus was praying? Not my will, but your will be done. And he prayed that prayer, exact same words, at least three times over and for a length of time. Here's the thing. Well, in fact, go to, go to Romans 8. Let's say it in the words of Scripture instead of, instead of my words. Romans 8. I know I'm giving you some extra Scripture, but this is a word church over here, right? I mean, <coughs> that's right. I, I knew this. <coughs> word church. Thank you, Lord. Romans 8. 26. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That word means weaknesses. It could be for any number of causes, but it, it means weakness. And he specifies one of the main weaknesses he's talking about, that we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Is this New Testament? Is this Romans in the New Testament? Does it apply to you and me? We what? We don't know. Didn't didn't say we don't know what to pray for. We don't know as we ought. We know some things. But we don't know enough to just pray with our revelation of his will. And not rely on him. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself. Or most translations say himself. Makes intercessions for us. With groanings. Which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts. Knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because he makes intercession for the saints. How? How? According to. To the will of God. That's why there are times we need to pray extended. Because we know a little bit about the will of God, but not enough to know how to release our faith exactly on this situation. And failing to do this has resulted in prayers not being answered. Needs not being met. To the point where there's a number of folks have said, oh, that stuff don't work. And they've left it and sought for something else. But it's just not true. Faith works. But faith is not based on a whim. 
Faith is not based on just something you want. You have to hear from him. And that's where the seeking him can come in. Maybe you know the general will of God, but you don't know the specific. And even sometimes though it may seem obvious, you know, what the will of God is, and yet you have a check. Time to seek God. Pray in the Spirit. Wait on Him. You cannot separate walking by faith from being led by the Spirit. If you do, you're going to have trouble. Many have just said, I'm going to believe for this. I'm going to believe for that. I'm going to believe for this. And it didn't work. And people get mad at God. They get upset with the situation. I'm convinced, thoroughly convinced, that as soon as you get to heaven, one of the first things you're going to do, and you're probably going to do it for months, you'll go, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> okay, all right, I, yeah, I see that, I see that, yes, oh, no wonder, oh, <laughs> I see, <laughs> but down here, we see, we know, just in part. And it's the parts we don't see and know that leave the gaps in our understanding that can cause us to try to take a stand when we're not really standing on a solid foundation. You have not because you ask not. But then he went on to say you ask and receive not because your will is different from his. Come on, can you see that? Well, you know, he's not going to change his will just because we came up with another idea. <laughs> he, he can't. He'd be confirming our substandard thing when his has always been the best. Right? <clears throat> the Lord said this to me some years ago about prayer and about uh Faith, the prayer of faith, believing you receive. He said, son, become more selective and you'll become more effective. Talking about getting your prayers answered and getting results. It hurts you when you pray for something and it doesn't work. Or when you release your faith for something and it didn't come to pass, that hurts you. And you do that for several times in a row Guess what's going to happen the next time you start to pray or release your faith? The enemy's going to come immediately and say, it didn't work the last five times. You're wasting your time. And that's when people come up with new doctrines. It's not always the will of God. We just don't understand his mysterious ways. The issue is, we, I'm going to include myself in it, we have been over-simplistic about this at times. Let me read some more scriptures to you. You're acting like you need another verse, right? <laughs> right now. 
<laughs> you don't have to turn there, but you can just listen to these. Proverbs one twenty two. Proverbs one twenty two says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Now here he's saying, he's talking about simplicity not in a good way. There is such a thing as being too simple. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believe every word, but the prudent man looks well to his going. We don't want to be too quick to pray. We don't want to be too quick to release faith. If we've heard from the Lord and we've got it, well, yeah, you take your stand, right? And you never back off. But a whole lot of folks are skipping over the hearing from God part. And they're just taking the stand. And they, you know, when the winds hit and storm rages, they're not able to stand. And we've all made mistakes. We, we've all come short on this. But it's not as simple as just saying, well, for instance, healing is the will of God. It is for everybody. Right? All the time. Is everybody healed? No. Being born again is the will of God. Is that right? For everybody. No exceptions. Is everybody born again? No. So it's, it's not as simple as the will of God. If it was only based on the will of God, then everybody would be saved, healed, delivered, and their needs met all across the world. That is his unchanging will. And we, we've learned some of that and we've got it. To a degree, but just because we know it's God's will for somebody to be healed doesn't necessarily mean we can be in faith for them to be healed. Say what? You may have heard Brother Hagin mention this example in his life. He said uh, this man uh, that he knew in their community was deathly ill and he went to uh, to pray for him and he said he started to uh, <coughs> started to lay his hands on on his head to pray for him and he closed his eyes and he said it felt like somebody another hand took his hand and just picked it off <coughs> and he that surprised him you know and so he thought well what what is that and so he he goes to pray again and this time he kept his eyes open. Usually right here he'd say, you know, the Bible said watch and pray. <laughs> and he said the same thing. It's like a hand got a hold of his hand and just pulled it off of the man's head. He didn't see any hand, but he could feel it. And the Lord told him, don't pray. Don't pray? Is it God's will for the man to be healed or not? Yes, it is. What did Romans say? We know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit helps our weakness of not knowing. We, we, we cannot 
just pray a standard prayer for everybody in every situation. Many have tried this. Hmm? Because we know a little bit about the will of God. So if it's the will of God, well, then you just pray that and release your faith. Believe you receive it. It could be as simple as that. But we don't want to assume. We want to always be checking our heart. Checking our heart. Checking the one on the, the greater one on the inside. And he said, just like that, the Lord showed him that this man had been away from God. I don't know, like two decades. Had been away from God. And so once in a while he'd come to church and get right with God, but had never lived right in his life over a couple of weeks at a time. And just go back out into the world and... And uh, he said, leave him alone. He'll never be in a better time to come home. He's right with me. He's close. Can you see this? Is that God's perfect will? No. I mean, it's his perfect will for the man to be right with him. And if you had to pick one over the other, you'd you'd rather be right with God and not healed in your body. Right? Then vice versa. But you see, even though something is the perfect will of God, there's more than one factor. I said there's more than one factor. And we need to inquire of the Lord, and and even when we don't, just stay open and check in your heart all the time. And instead of just praying a standard prayer, and everything, you know, just we believe we receive it, we believe we receive it, this is why a lot of folks have been disillusioned. Discouraged. They've been too quick to pray. Quick, too quick to say. Too quick to say, I believe I receive. Just because somebody comes up to you and says, agree with me on such and such, does not mean you should. Because if, they, if, if they're asking you to, if any two of you agree is touching anything that, that they ask, they're not just asking for you to pray a little prayer. They're asking you that you are fully persuaded that this is the will of God. And that you believe you receive with them and you're going to stand with them. Long as it takes. This is a commitment. A lot of times people don't even do what the scripture said. They say, you know, agree with me on such and such. They say, I agree. And they go on. They didn't do anything the Bible said. If any two of you agree touching anything they shall ask. If you didn't ask for something. And believe you receive, you didn't do that verse. This I agree, I agree, I agree. A lot of times it's nothing. It's just going through the motions. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's exciting tonight, huh? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Faith works every time. But like Brother Bosworth said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Which is another way of saying, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the anointed word of God. And even though we know a little bit about what the will of God is, we need to show some humility. And acknowledge we don't know all about this situation. And there's other people involved here besides me. Right? And so, yes, this is the will of God. 
But there can be other factors involved. Let's look at, we're talking about rain. Let's talk about some natural rain for, for just a moment further here. Is that okay? Because, see, a lot of times that's what's, that's what's happened. We need rain. We need rain. Lord, we ask you for rain. Believe we receive it. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> is that all there is to it? First thing we got to answer is why are we needing it so bad? And that's the thing nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to look at that. <coughs> Exciting tonight. Huh? <coughs> but that has to do with, with the will of God. Second Samuel 21. Second Samuel 21. And 1. Second Samuel 21, 1 said, then there was a famine in the days of David three years, year after year. Is David a man of God? Yes. Does he love God with all his heart? He's a man after God's own heart. Is that right? Then why, with his leadership in the country, are they experiencing this kind of uh, famine? And usually famine was a direct result of drought. So what did David do? He said, everybody, let's just believe we receive rain. <laughs> the prayer of faith, as great as it is, is not the only kind of prayer. And the prerequisite for praying the prayer of faith is that you know you are fully persuaded of the will of God about this situation. And in a lot of situations, if you'll be honest, you're just not yet. You're not that settled. So what's it time? It's not time to do a bunch of rebuking and binding and claiming. What's it time to do? Seek the Lord. Is that right? Ask Him. Wait on Him. If need be, miss a couple of meals or three. Pray all night. Hmm? Jesus did it sometimes. Right? Are we at a place where we don't need to do it? We can get by without it. Jesus needed to, but we don't. <coughs> no. No. There was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is for or it is because of Saul, for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. They had a... An agreement that they would be spared. Saul broke their covenant and tried to wipe, you know, just he didn't want them in the land and, and tried to wipe them out. And he did not repent. Did you hear this? He didn't repent. If you don't repent, there's coming a time when things will be judged. Can you see this? If we'll repent, oh, thank God, for the mercy and the washing and cleansing of the blood of the Lamb. But if you don't repent, 
This is the case in many people's lives. They hide stuff. They cover it. And just because you hadn't talked about it in 10 years does not mean you repent it. And it opens the door to the enemy. If we judge ourselves, what? We won't be judged. What if you don't? Well, you will be. And so nobody had repented over this. Why are we experiencing this famine, he said, Lord? David had learned the secret, hadn't he? You'll find this phrase repeatedly. David inquired of the Lord. David asked of the Lord. He inquired again of the Lord. He inquired, everybody say, inquired of the Lord. What does that mean? Ask. Just ask. Pride assumes. Humility asks. Even when you think you know, what does it hurt to ask? Right? A lot of times I'll start praying, like, Lord, we know this is your will from the Word. But is there something else we need to see here? Something else we need to be aware of? Hmm? Because when we take our stand in faith, we need to know we got both feet standing on the solid rock. Is that right? Of the Word of God. Because it's going to be tried. And all of us have been in situations where we didn't, it didn't turn out like we wanted it to. Our prayer wasn't answered the way we wanted it to be. And really, after these situations is the greater trial of your faith than when it was going on. What do you mean? (coughs) I used to read in the book of Job, because I felt impressed too, and because it puzzled me. You know, Job was billionaire, wisest man, richest man in the country, and a godly man. If there's one thing the devil hurts, uh, hates worse than a godly man, it's a billionaire, <laughs> godly man. Woo. Oh, he hates that. And so, man, he had been around and around the hedge God had put around Job trying to get to it. <coughs> and the devil got access to Job. And he destroyed Job. And for the next 35 plus chapters, it's between him and his three friends and another guy wrangling back and forth about why this happened. And he kept saying, I've always been a godly man. And he finally, at one point, he said, I wish I could talk to God face to face. I'd tell him this is wrong. He did. And his three friends finally said, no, no, no. You messed up somewhere. You had to. And so at one point, they just started making accusations. You probably did this. (laughs) Maybe you did that. That's when he began to say, miserable bunch of comforters you are. (laughs) And you know something we need to learn here. They came to console him and stayed to torment him. <laughs> a lot of times, I don't care if you're a preacher, I don't care if you can quote half the New Testament, 
A lot of times when people are hurting, they don't need you preaching to them. They, they just need to know you are there. You're just there. You put a hand on their shoulder. Say, man, I love you. I'm here for you. Hmm? Because it's not just what people need. It's what are they able to hear. And a lot of times you're not at a place where you're able to hear much right then. Things need to change before you're able to hear. But love always cuts through. You can tell if people care about you. Right? They're not there to straighten you out. They're not there to get something from you. They're just there because they care about you. They want to see you come out. They want to see you be okay. But I would, <coughs> I would read that. And what time you get over to chapters 40 and along through there, 38 through 42, God showed up. He's responding to Job. Job said, I wish God would show up. I know it ain't going to happen, but I wish he'd talk to me and I would answer him. And I got some questions I'd like to ask him. He's hurting. Don't, I mean, don't throw a stone at him. He's hurting. He's lost his kids. He's lost his wealth. His wife says, won't you just curse God and die? Get this over. I mean, the man is hurting. You talk about low. He's low. And so here God speaks out of a whirlwind, and you would think, okay, here's God. He's going to tell us why this happened. And so he asked Job where was he when he laid the foundation of the world, and, and he asked him about this and asked him about that, and chapter after chapter, he never told him why. Which was the big, big question why they're wrestling with this. And finally, I saw it one day. Because I, I had wrote in the, in the front the big question, why? Because Job himself, when a lot of this stuff happened to him, he started off the chapter by saying, why? Why was I born to see days like this? Why? I wish I'd have been stillborn. I wish I'd have never seen life. I, I mean, on and on. Why, why, why? So for all those chapters, they're trying to answer why. And when God shows up on the scene, he doesn't tell them why. <laughs> I just, I'd scratch my head, thank God. <laughs> I mean, that is the big issue. And then one day, thank God, I said, I said, no, that's not the big issue. And I scratched that out. The issue is what you do when you don't know why. That is the supreme test of your faith and trust in your God. Well, come on, can you see this? He purposely doesn't tell us some things on this side. We don't have to know. Faith doesn't have to understand. Faith doesn't have to have the answer. Faith is a choice. And I know, you know, we've had some challenges in our life. Everybody has. But what has gotten me through the toughest places? I mean, there, 
You got a right to ask God why for understanding, but you never have a right to shake a fist and go, why God? Why? Because in that tone, you are accusing him of not being fair and not caring about you and not being faithful to you. And these are some of the biggest tests of our faith. And I, it, this has helped me <coughs> again and again. There are, there are times you'll need to look up with tears on your cheeks. And you say, Lord, I don't understand this. I know this is your will. But for some reason, we didn't, we didn't get it. And I don't understand it. But I know this. You're a good God. Come on, are y'all with me? This will get you through the roughest places in life. I know this. You, you are a righteous God. You are perfectly just and fair. And you've never failed me. You've never failed anybody. You've never let me down. And in life and in death, I will trust you. When I understand, when I don't understand, I will trust you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will trust you. You are my God. You're my Father. And I know you care about me. And I assure you, when you slip out of this body and you get over to the other side, tell me what you're going to say. What are you going to say? Oh. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> no wonder. So what if you die? Believe in God. Honey, you don't want to die any other way. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to die any other way. If you're trying to believe for something and for some reason you didn't lay hold of it and you slip out of this body and you see the master, you'll go, Lord, I was doing everything I knew how to believe. He said, I know it, baby. Come here. Come here. Come here. I know it. And then about five minutes later, you're going to say, oh. oh, oh, no wonder, no wonder. <coughs> but I tell you what you will see. You will see that he was righteous. You will see he was more merciful than you would have asked him to be. You'll see that. The Bible said, yea, let God be true, and every man a liar. <laughs> and that's what this is talking about. Because there's going to be people, there are people in this life, and there will be people later that will accuse God. Well, you didn't give me that. You didn't help me with that. that you wouldn't, and, and it will be shown before all that those are lies. They're, they're all lies. God was never unfair to anybody. But you just got to make up your mind. Whether that's true or not, without understanding, because we're never going to understand all this. There are too many variables. And for one thing, with somebody else, you don't know their heart. You may think you do, but you don't. Nobody knows everything about inside of another person. I don't care if you've been with them for 50 years. I don't care. <coughs> you just don't. But you know, God, come on, somebody said out loud, my God, my God is, faithful. is faithful. 
completely faithful, and I trust him. Oh, come on, just lift your hands right now. Just, <coughs> just lift up your hands. Lord, we worship you. We give you glory. We honor you. We thank you how good you are. Oh, come on, just, why don't you just stand up? Just stand up, lift up your hands, lift up your praise. Let's worship him some. Tell him you trust him. Tell him you trust him. You're not, you're not going to accuse him. <coughs> and if you have, repent right now. Just repent and say, Lord, I, forgive me for saying those things. It was ignorant. Lord, forgive me for thinking that way. Those thoughts came from the devil. I reject them. I cast them down. And I worship you. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. You know my song, I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do. I, I'll lead. Okay. <coughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Singers and players, would y'all come up? <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> oh, thank you, Lord. You can turn this other mic off. <coughs> I got it. Oh, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do. I never even worry that I might not make it through. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, Lord, I do, cause I know you love me, I will always trust in you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. 
trust you. I don't doubt you. Thank you, Lord. I trust you. I call you faithful. You are completely faithful. I call you just and fair. I call you good. So good. So good. So Spirit can do miraculous work inside of us, healing us and restoring us. There's some from many years ago, never got that sorted out. You kind of felt hard at the Lord all this time about that, but you're wrong. You are wrong. He didn't let you down. There's just some things you don't know. And you want to let him heal you tonight. Let him restore you. Lift up both hands and just open your heart real wide. The Bible said all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Let open up your heart. The ugly stuff too. <laughs> the bitterness. The hurts. You don't need that in you. Let the love of God displace that right out of your heart. As you sing it, mean it. And let Him work in you, inside you. and fair good always good I call you faithful God you're the faithful God you're the faithful God yes you are sing it again I trust you I 
So if it's really from the Lord, you want to take it seriously, right? What is it, Brother Keith? I want you to sing a happy song <laughs> at your house, in your car, tonight, tomorrow. What do you mean, Brother Keith? I mean your own personal happy song to the Lord. How does it go? I don't know your song. <laughs> you may not know it yet either, but. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be on pitch. doesn't have to rhyme. The Lord looks at your heart. But this is, this is key to getting and staying free. You may get up in the middle of the night. Go get a drink of water. While you're standing there, you go, I'm happy. 